0: Ladies and gentlemen, people of all gender expressions, thank you for checking out the North Bank Media Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Strevens. Joining me on the show this evening was my friend, you know him, you love him, Faisal Jan Mohammed, actor, filmmaker, overall eccentric, a film producer, of course, uh, and he works a day job in IT, but I'm telling him not for much longer. I think he's well on his way to being a full-time creative professional uh, very soon. Uh, you know, he, he's he been coming over semi-regularly to work on our, our feature film, Give and Take, which is very close to being done. I swear to God, it's real and you will see it. Um, and actually to do a sort of a rundown, uh, sort of a debriefing on a, a film that we just completed called Overnight Edmonton. That was a documentary that I shot most of and Faisal produced and directed. So we kind of reminisced over that and discussed the lessons that we learned uh, and the experience of doing that our discussion went further into, you know, considerations of, uh, personal expression, personal, uh, yeah, personal expression, artistic creation, as it applies to, to that. And, um, the importance of, of, of creating and, uh, expressing, uh, not too much, not too much politics or, or culture war stuff, which was nice. A little bit of it that I felt like I stumbled through, but yeah, it is what it is. You know, this podcast is a process of becoming a better, sharper thinker and speaker, and it's a slow process. And, uh, you know, of course, talking to a guy like Faisal is always helpful because you never know what the hell is going to happen next. So I really enjoyed this one. It's a great time to sit down with a good friend and uh, just, you know, relax, have a nice conversation. I hope you'll enjoy it. This, the fourth conversation, putting him in second place uh, for all time appearances on the show. Please enjoy it. A conversation with my friend, Faisal Jan Muhammad. <laughs> episode 69 fazel
1: <laughs> well i was gonna start on a serious note but fine okay, please want. no
0: no please someone should because
1: <laughs> no I was, I was gonna say that's the one thing i learned that my dumbass should have learned before is like right gotta slate it
0: gotta slate it
1: otherwise it's just torture trying to match the-
0: <laughs> you can't do it what, how did you learn this? What happened?
1: Well, because we were doing the wrestling thing, right? And so that was the only part of the documentary that had different sound, right? Because everything else, I think we did the lab and then we hooked the lab into the camera, right? So, all it was into the all camera up. so we go in there and it's separate sound, <laughs> which is fine. And so, I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, let's just launch into it and do the thing, right? And like, I go back to edit it, yeah, and I'm like, oh, oh, wait a minute, how do I sync this? And so, I had to like. I've learned like, when people say like percussive like B's or P's, Yeah. that's what I used to match it up with. Oh. Like, all right, he's, he's, he's got the, like, because if you look at it frame by frame, you can see when they're launching to say a B when they right. got their lips curled and you're like, I'm going to put it here.
0: <laughs> Video editing makes you weird. It does. Like it it forces- makes you look at weird things. <laughs> Did you at least have the same amount of clips of audio and video?
1: I think I did have for the most part. There was still okay. like a little more audio than there was video. Okay. So I had to still line it all up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was I don't,
0: fun. Cause we did drifted without a slate. And Oof. so I would just sing Oh
1: my God. Every scene? Every scene. I remember oh man, that would so have been dumb. So, oh my God, that would <laughs> that would've killed you. Who was gonna
0: clap the slate? You were I was shooting and directing and you were probably acting and doing sound at the same time.
1: <laughs> oh man, jeez. <laughs>
0: So, I would sync off my own action. Action.
1: Yeah. Action. You, you kind of have to, but, like, and then you got to find your action in the audio, and, like, these are the things you learn, I guess. The other He's thing right. I learned is, like, if you're going to make a 24-frame project, don't shoot the fucking thing in 4K 30 frames.
0: Yeah. I mean, 4K is okay, but you learned, right? You like, learned. Because you, learn. you didn't know, and that guy is not, like, a professional videographer, per se. He's a photographer, not right. a videographer, yeah. Mm-hmm. So,
1: like, he he wouldn't have, the, like, the idea of that, right. like... He didn't know. I, I. He asked me if it was four K, thirty frames. If that is that okay? And I was like, Yeah, that's fine. I wasn't yeah. thinking. And like, it looks fine. But like, it's one of those things that you just learn, right?
0: You have to learn. And so, and then he learns,
1: right? Well, everybody learns. I, I think that was part of the point of the TELUS project. Is like,
0: <laughs> it was it was paid education. It was
1: paid education. It, it's an opportunity to like make something while paying people who were in the scene. I. Yep. I'm pretty sure literally everybody involved. Andrea's already told me but I'm pretty sure you and Kevin like everybody was probably worried for me for a second being there. Is he gonna make it? It's like watching the drunk man walk up the driveway. I, mean, like, I never I
0: never, never doubted it. I never doubted you because you get it done somehow. but let me ask you this, what your vision was on was it July ninth oh, or something shame. you were here? Well, you had
1: more faith in me than me, man. At one point, I was like, well, if I don't make it, what do I have to do? And that's why I was avoiding (laughs) spending most of my money because obviously you don't give back a grant. That's not how that works. But like my brain was just Uh, like, you you got to give it back. (laughs) No,
0: you might have to, I think. But I feel like if you missed the deadline and submitted something that was like half-ass workable, they'd probably work with you.
1: Yeah, to like finish it up.
0: But if you um, just took the money and never...
1: Never showed up for anything, yeah, they'd right. be like, what? Yeah, so no, it started as Graveyard Shift. And right. like, the idea was to go to 7-Eleven guys and people who work gra- Graveyard right. Shift and get some interviews with them and stuff. Yeah. And like, we, we start, we got some interviews with some people. And like, yeah. I started looking at the footage and it just looked all very samey.
0: Mm-hmm. Was, what did we shoot first?
1: We shot it, um, the Isky. The guy who did uh, right. videos at Leduc, which it would have yeah. been nice if we could have gotten in there with him to shoot some of that stuff. But he was like, they're not going to allow it. Right. At um, the racetrack. Yeah, at the racetrack. Yeah. Um Century It would have been miles. nice if yeah. we could have gotten in there, but they're not going to allow it. So, like, we're not going to come crashing through his work, right? Was that our very first? I'm pretty sure that was our first one.
0: How many nights? Okay, you, you go ahead. You tell no, me no. that. Because then how many? We went down white twice?
1: Once? Yes. Five times? times actually no our first thing must have been like when we went to go shoot the the Mm. after dark market and like yeah sorry i forgot about that and then the the saturday after because that was a friday and the saturday after is when we shot isk
0: that's right yep so okay so we did we went
1: down we went down white once we went down jasper once right all of our jasper
0: so when we went up and down white ave that first night that friday night i felt like we had something already but then it turns out we still have to fill a fucking hour.
1: Well, yeah, it's harder to fill an hour than most people realize. Like mm-hmm. like we had some good stuff and like some of it it killed me not to use it, but mm-hmm. like I just couldn't find relevant spots for it. Right. I mean I'm sure I could've if I like I get <laughs> well at one point I end up slipping into like just fucking get done mode. <laughs> oh yeah. I saw that slip. Well
0: I was like Remember towards the end, I was like, hey, man, maybe we could do this other day. Like, I think we should really try and do it on this day. I was was like, like, let's get
1: the footage so I I can edit it. I think I ended up submitting it a half hour before the deadline. Wow. (laughs) And that was half my fault. No, an hour before the deadline. But like, I'll tell you that funny story. Please. Well, like, I'll get back to the other story I was telling. But like, (laughs) when I was submitting it, I was like, all right, get to the landing page where I'm submitting it. Submit everything. All right. Pick the video file and then put it and it's right. like zero not moving I leave it for 20 minutes it's not moving I'm like is it slow what's happening so I start panicking and I send the project manager yeah. a fucking email <laughs> I should let you read it at one point it's like I'm sorry it's sold last minute and like I can't oh figure this God. out and it's not uploading and listen I'm just going to give you a Google Drive link to all the things so that in <laughs> case it counts as a submission right just just like just
0: an absolute mental panicking. break.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so I send that <laughs> off to her, and then I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh man, I don't know what I'm gonna do. And then like half hour later, I decide somehow it it escaped my brain. Oh. But like scroll down, there's a button that says upload. If you hit that button, oh my God, it baby. starts uploading. Was
0: that when you texted me the
1: cock sucking fucking
0: website before and- that? Oh, before so, that. Okay. Before I
1: found the upload okay, button. Okay, yeah. That's when I texted you. I was like, the cock sucking goddamn thing won't like upload.
0: I don't think I've ever finished any big video project that it didn't end that way, where you're just like sweating and swearing and like, like
1: goddamn it. Yeah. But yeah, so now I hit the upload button and it starts uploading. So now I gotta make sure it finishes. And then oh I send God. my project manager another email. Dude, like, come on. Listen. Disregard that last email, and I'm really sorry again. I got it figured out. Don't. worry. I, I really hope more than like this moron. I hope she was like got a laugh out of it. Like oh, but I filmmakers. find
0: it. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Spooled out filmmakers. <laughs> well, we won't, I will Well, I'm curious why they haven't contacted you since you submitted it
1: i think they probably have so much media to go through mm. it's not just the documentaries they're dealing with right. they're dealing with like I'm, i met three two people actually that were making projects under tell, tell story hive different projects there was one right. lady who was making a cookie show with her daughter okay which sounded really interesting okay um that's cool i mean it sounds like a good concept like let the kid do the cooking and then like oh like a young kid yeah like oh. I, I met her on a set her and her kid and the, the kid must have been like seven eight okay
0: maybe, oh that's maybe she's
1: like 12 and she's like what the fuck
0: dude <laughs> oh, yeah, she's like four
1: <laughs> but like like a young kid and then like you right. let them cook and like it's an easy way to learn how to cook i'm sure like through the eyes of someone who doesn't know what they're sure doing. um and then the guy who's who might be a writer for jack of all um, right he was making one with his wife where it's a, it's another kid's show i think and it's like a mr dress up type thing
0: okay so they do you know how many entries they got
1: I'm sure they got tell well just for the documentary alone they were giving out 50 plus really that that's what they had in their banner was like we got 50 plus documentary grants to give out wow well See? that's what i was thinking it's, it's a good yeah. thing that we got in here and we got it finished because like yeah. every year they have tell story and it's for different they have ones for features they have ones for pilot shows and now we're quote unquote hopefully in good standing like we have a project yeah. and we delivered it on time and technically in budget mm-hmm. um so, like, if we submit anything else to sell Story Hive, we're an old quantity. They're like, oh, yeah, we produce something with these guys.
0: Well, yeah. And plus, I say kudos to you because when they announced Story Hive this year, a lot of people were complaining that it was it was less money than usual. But you said, well, I'd rather take five grand than no grand and, no, and yeah. do the thing.
1: I mean, that, that that's exactly it. Like, for me, the more important thing, because I haven't made a dime off of this, like, I didn't mm-hmm. pay myself, but that's fine. Right. For me, the more important thing is. Um, Getting it onto Storyhive and right. like getting the name up there, yeah. Like I very specifically ended the end credits with our Instagram tags. Like I was gonna, th- we didn't get to go see the movie on su- on Sunday. Oh yeah, we we're gonna go see a celebration movie, but we had to postpone it <laughs> that because sucks. the summer's over. Yeah,
0: the wor- like- the best summer ever became the worst. <laughs> fall yeah the worst quarter four of your life
1: um but i was gonna tell kevin like yo get, get i this might be a little presumptuous but still like get get your instagram content ready man get your instagram content ready get yourself ready because mm-hmm. like and i not not to say like oh i'm this genius that's gonna make everyone's life better but specifically <laughs> for kevin i feel like a his instagram is in there so that's gonna take a little bit of a bump i'm sure you'd have to think and like i feel like if you're a comedian and you're in a documentary about being a comedian that kind of is a selling point for you for other shows. Like if you're, if people can be like, and you might've seen him on the documentary, tell us, tell us his documentary overnight, or you might've seen True. him on this channel or that. Like True. That's a little bit of a draw for you. It, it if it that's good could at least take you to a feature act.
0: Could, I mean, do you think that occurred to Kevin at any point?
1: <laughs> I, I haven't had, I, I don't know if it did or didn't, yeah. but like, yeah, I was going to, I was going to say it on Sunday, but like, mm. I mean, I hope that's how it works out. I hope for us too. Like we yeah. get a little bit bump in our Instagram following and like, people a little more like hey i saw your shit
0: do you know anybody stuff. yeah that i mean how could it not like i mean it depends where it goes like is it what channel is this even well i go think
1: on? there's a couple of channels i was looking at the the package because they have the channels that they listed mm-hmm. and i was like we could get into this one and yeah. we could get into this one because right. there's like an arts and culture one okay there's like a local discovery one that we can get into there's an indigenous okay. channel that we can get into Could there's there's a couple of channels that we we would have we're right in that demographic
0: And I think, too, you opened up the door on a lot of things that all could have been their own documentary. Oh, yeah. Like, people really... I'm not just saying it because I shot it. (laughs) I think people should watch this show. It's it's a little eclectic and it's a little... I'm not going to say... It's a little ragtag...
1: Well, a little bit, but I mean, but that's also the the nightlife in Edmonton. It's a little, it's a little eclectic. You could like, how many different yeah. things do we see? Not over the course of one night, but over the course, like there was some social justice stuff happening. Mm-hmm. There was comedy, which yep. is like kind of say everybody has comedy, and we had mm-hmm. wrestling in there. We had like fringe shows, like <laughs>
0: yeah, theater, comedy, wrestling,
1: skateboarding,
0: skateboarding.
1: I couldn't what find else? a graffiti artist but we have right. like murals and then we got a nice little wrap up.
0: Because in our, in our minds I know we were thinking like firefighters 711
1: start started as but, and then like I, but, well, that almost
0: would have been too easy, too well, sterile, too yeah, predictable.
1: Honestly a little bit. Well and also I was finding people weren't re- willing to share their stories or wanting to be filmed. I feel hmm. like and like this is me spitballing a little bit but i feel like now everybody is expecting when you show up and you say you're making a documentary for there to be a gotcha moment hmm. i feel like everybody's now expected because i feel like the netflix style documentaries and maybe like shows like bad grandpa and like which i love eric andre but like <laughs> i feel like those have kind of conditioned people to be like wait a minute Uh-huh. this might be a gotcha moment where they can uh. make me look really dumb
0: <laughs> or or like borat yeah, it's like yeah exactly, where you make people like Borat. look pretty dumb. Yeah. I mean that
1: would be more I I love Eric Andre, but I don't think he has as big of an influence on culture as Borat does. So
0: No, not yet um, anyway.
1: <laughs> but like I, I feel like people are expecting that a little bit. So like and so that made it a little difficult to mm-hmm. collect interviews and like people just weren't biting and like honestly every day I'd wake up and I'd be like, What is this thing gonna be? Like right up I'm I'm trying to remember when I actually had an idea of what it was gonna be. I think
0: As you were uh, hitting upload? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know what this is i think around fringe. Done. i think around okay. fringe i had an idea of like okay this is how we're gonna do it this is what we're gonna do okay um and then just kept powering through and just <laughs> praying that it would like link together because like I, I stumbled across this i guess while making the documentary making each one of those segments was kind of like composing a song interesting because you have you have your instrument you have your footage that mm-hmm. you need and you gotta write your lyrics and you gotta make sure that it makes sense and that mm-hmm. it flows and that mm-hmm. it, it isn't ugly to a certain degree. Yeah, like it, it or... looks nice together and everything. Yep, yep. And like you got, like, you just have your raw materials there. With, yeah. with, with the narrative film, you have your script that you can cut to and then you can find the gem in there. But like yeah. with that, we didn't have a script. We just kind of had like our raw materials.
0: So that's a great way to look at it, man. It's like <laughs> you just had a handful of, of, of clay. Were there days? Were there nights when you were like, "This isn't gonna happen for oh, me"? Oh man, every
1: single day. Yeah, <laughs> like like I said, I, was, I I didn't want to spend any of the the, like for when when um we paid uh, when we gave a donation to Bear Clan and yeah. when I paid for Kevin's gas, I think. And a couple other things I paid out of pocket because I didn't want to use any of the money that what we were allotted until I was sure I was going to be able to fix it. Right. Until I was going to be able to finish it. I think the first actual money that I took out to spend, mm-hmm. besides uh, what I paid for the camera stuff, right. is uh, wrestling for the camera and sound. Well, that was
0: the last shoot, wasn't
1: it? <laughs> I, I think the skateboarding was the last shoot. Oh, that was the first time I spent money out right. of that four grand or that <laughs> three grand that I had. Okay. And so. I pay that, and then I pay the uh, the poster artist who did an amazing job on the poster. Love the, the poster. Scott Car- Carmichael did it, and like, I, I I basically so let me tell you the pitch I gave him, and then you can you can see okay. how much work he actually did to get that poster. Okay. He called me up, and I was like, "Listen, I'm not really good at this art thing. Like, I can make films. I have no idea how. Like, even with coloring, I'd love to learn because mm-hmm. I don't think I understand how any of that works. What makes a picture look good?" Mm-hmm. Per se.
0: Well, I think you do on some level, but maybe oh, well, not. Well, yeah. yeah. I, th-
1: I think, like, in terms of placement, I can figure out what makes a picture look good. But in mm-hmm. terms of color and, like, overall design, yeah. I need way more learning. Um, Just got to do more. Yeah. That's well. And so I called up Scott. We, we had a chat on the phone, and I mm-hmm. was like, listen, I'm not really good at this kind of thing, and I'm trying to think. And, like, what I have is, like, there's a street that you're going down, and, like, the on the different windows you can see all the different things that we do mm-hmm. like so like skateboarding or whatever okay or like a top down style map from like Mario 3 this is exactly what i said to him you remember super mario brothers 3, 3 where they had that mario <laughs> world map and it was like
0: like you it's top down like yep. birds eye view yep. of a map okay
1: and like the thing again the skateboarding the whatever right. the whatever um and i was like but listen even if you don't do any of that i'm fine because i understand i'm giving you nothing to work with right Um, so then he was like yeah it's it's cool I'll figure it out and then this is what he came back with and like it's simple it's good it's Mm -hmm. elegant I feel like he gets the point across I love the boom
0: the boom is cool although we never used a boom ever (laughs) no (laughs) in the production of this movie
1: but it makes me think of a podcast to a certain degree Hmm. too but like I love what he put together me too when when I saw I think when I saw the poster I was like oh yeah We, we have some sort of cohesive theme now
0: interesting did you feel this? I will say we're 16 minutes in. I'll I'll put the poster up at some point so people can see it. Yeah. Um, did you feel the same way about give and take when you saw the poster? It's like now we got a movie or not so much. Well,
1: we we created that poster early, right? The one that we got two posters. True. Um, the first poster we created it pretty early, uh, which I I like that poster. I've, I'm I'm gonna get Scott to take a look at that poster and see if he can like
0: the one that's on the IMDb.
1: Yeah, the one where it's like... It's you f- yeah, from behind? like the blood splot and the words. Right. I like that. Yeah. And then the second poster, I, I need to look at it a little bit more. Um, okay. I need to live with it a little bit more, I think.
0: Yeah, my impressions of the first poster or the second poster, like it just... I needed to see that yellow eyeball on your hoodie.
1: Yeah, well, I feel like it's also lacking from some other elements. So like, well, we'll I'll, I'll live with it a little bit more and see, see what it, what's with it. Yeah. Um,
0: because the inspiration was for that that Giallo film, right? Yeah.
1: Well, I don't think it's even a Giallo. Well, prob- it's, a, it's a spy film. Um, Flesh O's of the, the Flesh Devil? Flesh of the Devil. Okay. It's, it's a spy film. Oh, I like thought these, it was
0: one of those Italian horror It's things. an Italian
1: spy film oh. where these... Uh, International smugglers are smuggling LSD. It's uh-huh. a garbage movie. It <laughs> doesn't matter. The it's poster. on YouTube. Is, <laughs> the poster
0: is lit. It's on YouTube.
1: It is. It's it's not great, but like the poster okay. is amazing. I I looked okay. at that poster for months before I even watched the movie. Like oh, I, sometimes I feel like a poster like it catches your eye and like that, particularly that era, like the Italian giallo, the seventies Italian mm-hmm. era posters. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was something there that like just catches you and draws you in.
0: What is it? The color. I,
1: I think it's the colors, the way they use the art, the way they place everything. Mm-hmm. They're not all the same, but there's. I'm trying to think. There's like a a cat. A black cat has nine lives. I think is one of them. Okay. Um, what's it? Profondo Rosso or Deep Red is as a great mm. poster. Profondo
0: uh, Rosso. Oh yeah. That's nice. That's
1: a that's a good movie, man. You should check that movie. Okay. out. Okay. Um, what's the other one I really liked? Uh, it was like. A woman in the in the house of zombies. It was Jesus. like that that it was that weird there's this is a weird cross section in the horror genre where like there's that weird one where it's like kinda porn and kinda horror. Okay. Like it's got naked women and it's got jump scares in it too. Like <laughs> a little it, bit of everything for yeah, everyone. That's yeah. you know, one of the one of the, the companies that was courting give and take to do distribution, mm-hmm. I looked at their stuff and it was a lot of that and I was like, you know what? Give and take would be right at home here. Pretty much. <laughs> because there's
0: some stuff in give and take that people are gonna be they're gonna be surprised about. Oh, we—it's not. It's—it's it's a little weird. I'm—I'm I'm, honestly, it's a I'm, weird. Just,
1: I'm hoping it comes out and like, if we can get in time for some of the festivals that I want to get into, I would love to. Mm-hmm. Oh man, trust me. If I get if 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 I have a movie that makes it into Sundance, I will never shut up.
0: Oh, I, know. I will never I know. shut the fuck I know.
1: up. <laughs> Every conversation, <laughs> I'll shoehorn in. I'll be like, Oh, speaking of cheese, did you know I got a movie into Sundance? Hi,
0: Faisal John Muhammad, a uh, Sundance made
1: uh, filmmaker. <laughs>
0: fuck that was reminding me of something else and now i can't oh right uh, a friend of mine a friend of mine had cancer and, and beat it and uh he was saying he was gonna go so we had this joke where he's like hello my name is so-and-so cancer survivor hold for applause i'll have the uh, filet of fish please it's like fuck dude
1: i mean sometimes you, you have an achievement and you're like that is me. Hey, like, you have to be surviving cancer is a big one. Like, yeah, I would tell everyone on the planet. <laughs> for sure.
0: I beat the shit out of cancer. Yeah. I think okay, but there's something there where like you do have to champion yourself in this life.
1: A little, you have to print the myth. Mm. You, you have to. You have <laughs> sure. To, like,
0: is that like fake it till you make it?
1: A little bit mythologize yourself. A sure. Little. You know where I take a lot of that? Not inspiration, but like, I I think it was really clever. I guess there's two places now, but like when the weekend first came out, mm. and he wasn't showing his face. And he had all this weird music out there that was dreamy and like fucked up in the way, and like he wasn't showing his face, Mm -hmm. and was like a big part of his thing, and just all that mysteriousness, Hmm. like built into that.
0: Kind of like Chris Gaines, remember?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You mean rock and roll, Chris Angel?
0: Yes, totally. (laughs) Or like country rock, Chris Angel?
1: (laughs) Was it? Why do I want to say Brett Garson? Garth Brooks.
0: Garth Brooks. yeah dude but okay so that's interesting so
1: or like Lil Nas X where like before he blew up big he used to be he used to curate a Nicki Minaj uh Instagram fan page I think really and then like when it was time for Old Town Road to come out and for him to he just switched the name switched everything around and like that's it's brilliant right smart and like every day since then he's been gaming like social like I I keep his music I keep watching his music come out. I keep seeing like that kid knows how to market
0: motherfucker. Is that what he did? That, that's that's one of the moves he did. Okay. Like he,
1: he had a bunch of them. Like He was posting on the Hip Hop Ed subreddit like his song, and it had, like, two upvotes and stuff, and then suddenly it blows up. I, I remember, I'm not like not trying to be the guy I was, like, I don't remember before it was cool, but, like, I do remember hearing <laughs> Old are. Town Road, right? like, before it got huge, and okay. I remember being like, I know that sample, because it was the sample that took me there. It was a Nine Inch Nail sample. And I was, Is it? Like, it's from Ghosts. Oh. One, uh, Ghost 6, I think. Is that that? Fr- the the that banjo? Cre- the, the, oh, man. Listen to the end Dude. of uh, the documentary. It's oh, in there.
0: Oh, you right because it was creative commons
1: it is released uh, this is why Trent Reznor I will defend that man until something bad everyday <laughs> like, i sure. hope nothing bad comes out about Trent Reznor like I just, this man is my idol right. I, I don't need him to be another fucked up person no but like he, i don't he think was, he will be he was an early champion about like hmm. uh creative like creative rights and like having hmm. like he he would at his concerts apparently steal my album when it was the year zero period like okay. 2007-ish wow. and like then after he got out of his contract with whatever record label he was with he released uh ghosts one through six which are six albums that are under the creative commons and wow. they're all instrumentals so like if wow right it's useful it's, it's tons there's tons of documentaries <laughs> that use it as their soundtrack because right. it's it's out there and it's like it's Trent Reznor. the music is like up here Like in terms of quality, it's it's really good music, and it's all free, and it's all amazing because he uses all these crazy drone setups, and like I don't know. And then he released the slip, which is Mm -hmm. also under Creative Commons. Mm -hmm. Which if we ever produce Edge of Trees, that's that's the album that's going to score it. Like that's the album. Let
0: me hear the elevator pitch for Edge of Trees.
1: Oh, let me remember. It's been a while since I gave that pitch, but like, (laughs) it's like a girl who like she. I'm I'm hoping to set it up where it's like my. I mean, this is again pretentious to say, but it's my movie where, like, right. I'm going to try and pass the Bechdel test. We're like, <laughs> okay. You don't have, like. I'm familiar. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, like, but like. Thanks to Town by the way. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? I think it's Alien is the only movie. It's, my, my information is probably outdated. the could be. Alien is one of the few movies that passes the Bechdel test. So,
0: just for the viewers, what is the Bechdel test? It's,
1: uh, I, it's specific criteria. Mm hmm about like women and their portrayal in films like mm-hmm. they have and it's 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 same criteria to a certain degree it's what is it um if there are two women alone on the screen mm-hmm. are they talking about a man right and I, I always thought that was i noticed that more and more since i heard it i, right. I can look up the exact rules but it's yeah, like go ahead. it's one of those things where it's like how are these women reacting in ter- when there isn't a man on screen or when there is a man on screen And it's not a perfect system by any means no but, but- like
0: it essentially is like about female autonomy or agency yeah. in a film. Well,
1: it's it's like, I mean, it's so, and I love, I, I really like that A24 is doing this. Um, but like Dave Patel was in The Green Knight, yeah. which I think is a big move to have an East Indian person in an Arthurian legend kind of deal and like sure. have him in there. And like, even like through the movie, I don't think they they, they specifically explain his origins. They're like, he's here. Deal with it, motherfuckers. Right, and like it's doesn't even matter. Well, they they have a they have a new version of uh, they're producing a version of Macbeth called The Tragedy of Macbeth. Okay, and, um, the they're having Denzel Washington play Macbeth, which like honestly the only actor who has the chops to play Macbeth. I'm sure he's a horrible human being. Like I've heard his hip opinions on hip hop, but like in terms of <laughs> acting chops, <laughs> he's,
0: he's the monster. only guy
1: I think he can he can play. Like, yep. Do you ever see him in Fences? I
0: never saw Fences.
1: God. Like, he gives this one speech. His, his kid is like, Daddy, why didn't you like me? And he gives this whole speech about, like, like, what do you mean? And like, it made me want to call my dad. And I, Damn. Like, I, it, 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 he's, he's got chops. And, like, yeah. I think in terms of, like, actors that can play Macbeth, that's your choice. And, like, I, I'm sure they're not even going to die. Because, like, what is it? Um, Othello is mm-hmm. a Moor. In, in, yes, in the play. that's right. And then that's always the, like, well, if people, if color people want to play Shakespeare, you can play Othello, and it's, I, I like that Macbeth. They're like, no, we're using the ca- the actors, and we're not going to talk about it. We're just this is it.
0: I think right because that's what it has to be right if we're going to transition away from this obsession with yeah with race like, relations. Well,
1: even then, like, it, did you ever watch Thank You for Not Smoking?
0: Yeah, in high school. Though. That was
1: a, that, there was one line in that movie that always stuck with me in terms of film production. Because they're talking mm-hmm. about like, well, we're going to be in space and they're going to have smoking. And then one of the guys is like, wait a minute, you can't smoke. There's no oxygen in air. And I think it was, uh, oh, I keep thinking of him as Harvey Dent, but I forget the actor's actual name.
0: Oh, shit. Aaron?
1: Aaron Eckhart. Yeah. He's like, well, all you need is one line to fix it. Just like, thank God they invented so-and-so. And that's it. You fix it. And like, that's <laughs> always been an approach to film that I like... Mm. Whatever it is, all you need, if, like in Fantastic Four, where they didn't even touch, even though that was a terrible movie. But they, <laughs> you didn't need the explanation. You just decided they were adopted, and like, hmm. even if you needed the explanation, it would take one line to fix it. It's like, right. remember when we adopted you? Right. Like you got, you gotta be careful not to like shoehorn or be ex- ex- too expository. But all you need is one line.
0: <laughs> Did you find the Bechdel test?
1: Oh yeah, I think I got it here. Let's see, application limited derived test. God damn it. All right, let me see. Bechdel test criteria. Test Bechdel. Number one, the, that at least two women are featured. Number two, that these women talk to each other. And three, that they discuss something other than a man. Seems like an easy set You'd of You'd think that would be pretty easy. But apparently right up to like 2005, 2006, we had no idea. Alien? Yeah, that was... 86, 80-something, 80 80-something. 80 oh, yeah. Was it even earlier? Uh, probably. 79, the first Alien, I thought. Oh, really? Yeah, even earlier then. like Yeah, yeah and it took, like, I Not don't think there's so. many movies after that. I know there's no 80s movies that pass the tell <laughs> test.
0: Did you listen, because you said you just watched uh, Once Upon a Time in
1: Hollywood? Oh, yeah, I love that movie.
0: Did you happen to listen to Quentin Tarantino on Joe Rogan back in, like, June, July?
1: I think I've watched snippets of it, but I haven't watched the full thing.
0: He made an interesting point about how political correctness was similar to how it is now in the 80s, and then he, being Quentin Tarantino, says, and Pulp Fiction was a big part of getting away from that, into that era of the 90s when it was just like, fuck it.
1: You know, I'm going to push back a little bit, and I'm going to say, I don't think it was, because all those, I it's someone else who I heard on a podcast put it way more eloquently than I ever could, but like... <laughs> that was the that was the high point of slasher films and like Babies? it was a, yeah. Yeah, yeah and it was a lot of violence against women and it would always end with the one lone female huh. like it was always a dude and there was always sex tangled up into those mm-hmm. stories like mm-hmm. it was it was a mix of different things and i feel like well this is someone else's ideas that i'm parroting, who explained it way more eloquently but it was mm. kind of like uh an expression of male rage to a certain degree mm. and like if you see the horror movies we're getting now they're they're kind of different from the slasher in terms of ideologically like mm-hmm. they're they're more about introversion and like like her, compare hereditary to Friday the 13th one or okay. two sure like it, they're scary but like yeah. one is about punishing teenagers for having se- for having sex and the other okay. one is exploring a family model and like getting a little deeper into human feelings beyond yes. sex
0: yeah hereditary is almost like intergenerational trauma yeah in whereas a horror like movie. Friday
1: the 13th like even one was like punishing like teenagers right. for sex or even fright uh, freddy um nightmare on elm street was mm-hmm. like punishing teenagers again probably for having sex <laughs> like it became a trope at one point do
0: you do you see those slasher movies as being like moral lessons in some way or like a... I,
1: I don't think there were moral lessons again i think there were expressions of like mm. what people were feeling at the time or like what the dominant filmmakers were feeling at the time okay. maybe it was like and then there's an aping effect where you see something and you sure. want to make your own version of it Definitely and like not. maybe you're you're not aware of the themes that are coming through but they do come through i think what happened in the 90s is that filmmaking became more accessible okay. I, I think things got a little cheaper Mm-hmm. And so you had more indie filmmakers who were able to make actual quote unquote indie movies. Right, right. I think the 90s was the golden period for indie movies because it was so accessible and you didn't have to be in New York or LA. You could be in like Alberta or Oregon and sure. you could make a film and there were festivals that were accepting it. And I think towards the early 2000s mm-hmm. that era of indie film started to die. Mm. I think there was, I remember there was a Ryan Gosling film like Ryan Gosling and Anthony Hopkins at Sundance, and I think that's when I was like, "Well, that's the end of indie films because like <laughs> the big studios are there sure. now, and they're sure. like looking for the, the the they're producing quote unquote indie films, which mm-hmm. are like million dollar projects, two three million dollar projects still.
0: Sure, no, like, it's not indie. It's not yeah, independent no, of it, anything. like it
1: was rip and run more in the '90s, and then like right. towards the 2000s, we had this like big indie movies coming out. Mm-hmm. And then I think things start to transition towards TV. Like, all the indie writers and guys moved over to TV. That's when we had Breaking Bad. And we had, like, this run of really good TV for a little while. I, oh, again, the golden age. Yeah, maybe I'm pulling this out of my ass. but yeah, I, I, I I'm, bu- some, I'm,
0: I'm coming along for the
1: ride. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, I think now, like, I'm hoping maybe now it's, it's going to be a repeat of, again, filmmaking has become more accessible. You're able to make a 4K mm-hmm. movie without breaking the bank. Yep. Um, we might see some... I have already seen some very interesting filmmaking. Like, we still have the big-budget indie films, but, like, sure. I've seen some very interesting indie films mm-hmm. coming out this year over the last couple of years.
0: What's your source for what, what films are coming out? Like... Never mind. Never <laughs> mind.
1: I mean, I just keep eyes on news feeds i just stuff. keep
0: eyes on rss feeds yeah let's say.
1: <laughs> well I, I, I multiple places sometimes i'll see a youtube trailer sometimes okay. i'll see it on particular websites sure. where like they're just releasing lists of movies of like whatever's out <laughs> don't say anything yeah although
0: i would say we were talking about little nas x gaming the social media there's a particular kind of site where movies are available that one could if they produced a movie
1: Put it on there we, to game social media. We, we talked about that. I, will, I mean, I, I will say this much. I, I, I need to stop talking about this in front of, around, uh, this was, when I was a That's dit, fine. when I was a oh, dit on, yeah. that, on a professional movie set, right. I was like, oh yeah, I got to stop talking about this shit. But like, Let's I still advocate for movie piracy. I still advocate. Well, okay. Piracy is a bad, I, I like to use exaggerated words for it so that like, it sounds dangerous and then I can like shock people. Swashbuckling. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like i i support sharing of of data i i have hmm. a belief and i think i picked it up from hackers but the the Jean show movie um oh, that movie was influential to hacker culture for like 10 years after the hackers were saying hack the gibson to be like this is the the pinnacle of hacking
0: is hacking a meme or is, or is hacking like real
1: I mean, it depends on what you what you call hacking. I know right. there's lots of people who are like, my computer's gonna be like, it's gonna be taken over by hackers. It's like, that's not how that works. Like, <laughs> most of the time, they're trading in data. Like, data is the big thing. You got trading data, and like, okay. like on on the on the dark webs, you can buy these big subs, these big data sets of like they'll go around they'll create they'll collect passwords from breaches and leaks right. but they're not going to use all of that what they'll do is they'll compile it into a data set and sell those data sets off and then the ah. person that buys that data set that's then their job to like see how they can monetize that okay but like it's it's data collection hacking is data collection um hmm. and i've always been of the opinion that data wants to be free it doesn't matter <laughs> okay, okay. how far you go to encrypt it it doesn't matter how what you do eventually like you can encrypt it now with the encrypt with the highest level of encryption that we have 10 years from now that encryption's op, like Absolute. gone it's yeah. it's 50 years from now kids are cracking it like right. there's a great song called by MC Frontalot called secrets from the future where it's like they'll crack it like a creme brulee <laughs> like the, sure. it it you can't protect data data is going to data wants to be free all data wants to be free
0: how do you reconcile that with yourself being like a content creator like so you just like you'd be fine if someone pirated give and take
1: yeah honestly i, I would be like i would hope that it gets big enough <laughs> i would like if someone takes the time to pirate it i I'd, I'd be happy about that especially if it's highly seated or something like that that just means more eyes and like right. sure i'm not seeing revenue right now for it right but you know what i'm because when i was 15 16 when i was a kid um I would download all these movies. These right. these this is where I find this is where I found 1970s Italian horror movies. And this is where okay. I found like uh once I found a list of movies, what was it? Um the Video Nasty list, which is like in the UK, they were like, these movies are banned for being too whatever. <laughs> and
0: you're immediately searching and for. I was those. like,
1: this list is my list for the summer. <laughs> um and like you found blood sucking like all the blood sucking freaks and like all these movies. Mm-hmm. And like I would be sitting there and I'd be watching them, and then I would be like this is what I'm gonna do. Right. Like, I want to do this. I wanna make movies. Like, inspired me to make movies. And like, if I never see a dime out of movie making for my entire life, that's fine. But like in forty years from now, mm-hmm. if there's another fifteen year old kid and he's downloading some movies <laughs> and he downloads my movie, whichever movie it may be, yeah. Because now I have a filmography.
0: <laughs> you're you're known for things on IMDb it's yeah. He's known for.
1: But like if they download a movie mm-hmm. and they watch one of my movies right. and they're like this is something I want to do. You know, for, for a brief second, I'm alive again. Huh. Like, I may have been dead for 50, 60 years, but for that brief moment, I'm alive again. I'm on the screen. I'm immortal. And, like, that, like that's it. what I'm looking for. I'm looking to be immortal. I'm looking to, like, mm-hmm. live, live live, through my art forever.
0: Wow. Well, at least you're honest about that, and you realize it. I think that's kind of the human condition, isn't it? Is like we know we're going to die, and what am I going to do about it?
1: Well, I'm going to make I'm going to make goddamn sure it's my markers left. But like, mm-hmm. it's like uh, I wonder about it. And there's a very there's a Drake video that I like showing people because like it's it's an example of what I it must be the like I've done a lot of drugs. <laughs> i have I'm sure there's a high I've never felt, and that's when you're on stage and you're a musician oh, man. and you're singing your song. And the, the crowd is singing your lyrics back to you. God. And you're like, I wrote this. And like, there's, that video of Drake is he's, he's famous now for a couple years after he first came out. Right. And he used to go to this club in Houston, I think, and he used to perform there a lot. And now he's back at this club. Okay. And he's about to go into this song on November 13th, I think. Right. And he doesn't have to sing a word because like wow. the crowd raps it right back to him. And like, he doesn't have to say a goddamn thing. And like, what has that got to feel like? Or like, what does it got to feel like when you realize you've like influenced culture? When, when again, I'll I'll go back to Drake, but there's plenty of like um, examples of this. But YOLO, sure. which is now part of modern lexicon, yeah, he did that. He 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 moved the culture needle a little bit. <laughs> okay, like he ingrained himself into culture, like mm-hmm. or even a meme that's like, "Cash me outside" or whatever that takes yeah. its place in culture for a brief second. That's got to be an insane amount of power to feel to be like. I did that.
0: Yeah, I mean, what's the filmic, like as a filmmaker, what's the equivalent, the equivalent to that?
1: Of that? I mean, it's a, it's, it's a pulp fiction or it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Even, even not a pulp fiction. You know what it is? You know how every single movie that has a sequel, they're like, so and so to Electric Boogaloo. Right. Breaking Two, Electric Boogaloo <laughs> was the original movie. Right. And like, no matter, nobody will see Breaking Two, Electric Boogaloo. No. Like, a handful of people will see it. But for the rest of time, that's there, that influenced culture, and like what I think it was Mono- the Golem, Golem, and Globus that made that movie. And okay. you can say a lot of things about them, but you know what? They made their mark on culture.
0: Who were the Golem and Globus?
1: Golem and Globus. I think there were two guys. They made Superman four. They were, okay. they were like, um, I'm gonna try and remember because I feel like I might fuck it up. But okay. there was Canon films not associated with Canon. Uh, cameras cameras um and then there was Maniam and Golan and another guy uh globus okay and they had a film co- company called golem and globus and they put out like uh, middle budget kind of stuff in the 80s oh, so like okay. superman 4 the, the first round of spider-man movies like from the 80s not the toby oh, okay, stuff. But, okay. like those early spider-man movies huh. um i never saw those 80s spider-man movies yeah Live action, uh, Sinister Seven. Yep, the one I remember seeing was Spider Man the Sin- versus the Sinister Seven. I think it, it was. So, you should watch it, man. Well. <laughs> it's a fun time. <laughs> but like, it the, the, they were the guys that made those movies, and like, okay, nerds like me still remember them. There are still people that put effort to like rip these movies and yep. upload them to the internet, and there are nerds on YouTube that are talking about them. Mm-hmm. Like these guys will never be forgotten. Ed Wood, he <laughs> made tons of movies, and they're all crap. But he's yes. never going to be forgotten. He'll
0: never be forgotten. They made a movie about Ed Wood with like, Johnny Depp.
1: Exactly. Like, <laughs> th- this is another thing I think about when I think of the just the vast expanse of time. Right. You don't know right. what's going to happen. You no. All you can hope to do is keep doing the thing that you are you think is the right thing. And yes. And you might be remembered. It might not be for what you think you're going to be remembered. Mm-hmm. But if you keep doing what you think you're supposed to be doing, one day you'll be remembered, I would say.
0: Yeah, that's a great way to look at it, man. I think... I think – I talked about that a lot on this podcast in the early days about the path of least resistance to yourself. Like just – and I thought more about it. It's just like you feel what you ought to do mm-hmm. and what you can do effortlessly and that is the path you – because like you can't pick what takes your attention. You can't pick what interests you. But you have to go toward that thing that comes easy.
1: Well, it's like uh, – this didn't make it into documentary but when we talked to that sleep doctor – and oh, he was yeah. saying, like, you can't really fight your sleep cycle. You have to sleep when your body, won't, like, is, like, true. people have, people's sleep cycles vary by a couple of hours or a couple of minutes here and there. But, right. like, you have your sleep cycle and you kind of have to find your life that, like, works inside of that sleep cycle. And I feel like, yeah, you you have to find your cycle and you have to work within that cycle.
0: That's true. So much of it is, like, people are looking for an external. Well, they're looking but for, you have like, to, you have to first get inside right, I Well, think. in this
1: industry particularly, I feel like. Especially when you're first getting into it, you meet a lot of people that are like, Yeah, I'm gonna do a couple of short films. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna like act in a couple of short films, and then I'll right. be famous. And then I'll be opposite, <laughs> yeah, right, fucking do whoever on Avengers 2. I'll be
0: opposite Fred J and Driftwood <laughs> 2.
1: <laughs> but like, I, I think that's a delusion that some uh-huh. people have of like, it, it's it's a hop and a skip and a step, and then it's Hollywood. And it's like, you could be in this thing for years and yeah. never make breakthrough, but like, that's, that's the gamble you're taking, you gotta take that gamble otherwise why right. what is it scared money doesn't make money
0: scared money doesn't make money yeah you have to you have to be willing to i guess pay the cost of of doing the business cost to be the boss <laughs> yeah totally was that chris Gaines? no <laughs> no i think
1: that was james brown
0: okay oh i've really embarrassed myself and that's fucking terrible <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, oh no Garth.
0: um i was gonna ask you about uh Going back to Overnight Edmonton, we shot a lot of stuff for that that didn't make the cut. Do you think about doing anything with that or...
1: I'm not sure what I would do with that. Because, like, I, again, it's, it's like I said, composing a song. You kind of have to have a concept and an idea in mm, mind. Mm-hmm. And, like, that stuff, when we shot, it changed concept. Maybe one day. I know Kevin's really excited. He he, he needs to pick up the footage for me. He's asked me if he can pick up the footage. Oh. But, like, I know he wanted to do more man-on-the-street stuff and interview more people and put on YouTube and stuff. He should. I, I Yeah. No, I, I'd be happy to give him all the footage. And, like, mm-hmm. I'd be happy to tag along with him if he needs it. And, like... Yeah, so I think he was thinking about doing more man on the street stuff, which I you could do that on White. I think it should be done.
0: Yeah. Um, I thought about doing the podcast in that way where you like just prowl the street and do interviews. Because you you never know what you're gonna get.
1: You don't. You really don't. And that's what I was kinda hoping, especially if you go out there with some sort of like if you go out with a camera. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I was kinda hoping as well. As and we did get that. Like yep. people walking up to us being like, What are you doing? And then like mm-hmm. we give them a rundown, then we get their story, and like you can find some gems in there
0: like ricardo
1: <laughs> again he didn't make it onto the thing but he's what led us to bear clan see again, yeah. this is like you never know what you're gonna get you yeah. gotta be out there mm-hmm. that's that's why i was i'm sure i don't know how you felt about it. i know kevin probably wasn't the biggest fan but i was like listen we just gotta take the camera and we gotta go out there from mm-hmm. this time to that time yeah and like get what we can get and like yep. you gotta be out there you don't know what you're gonna get but maybe you get a ricardo who then leads you to the bear clan right. and give you a good segment
0: and bear clan was gold Oh yeah, it's right. great. Like, I
1: love working. I love being with them. I yeah. love like this footage we got off of them. Mm-hmm. I love everything about it.
0: Have they seen anything yet?
1: <laughs> I'm terrified to show it to them. I'm oh. actually quite. I have to sit down with. Them. I don't want to be that guy that showed up to volunteer and filmed and then never showed up again. So I'd like to volunteer again with them, and Good then maybe then I'll break. I'll, I'll show them the thing. I'm I'm fine with showing. I don't know why this is, but I'm fine with showing everybody else there. I haven't shown anyone else their segments either. Okay. But like the bear Clan guys, I just really want. I hope I represented them in the right light. That's my big fear is I don't want to misrepresent the cause that they have because I feel like their cause is specifically so important. Right. I feel like everybody else I represented exactly how they want to be represented, which is kind of like it if it pretty... ends up a little goofy, that's fine because that that's part right. of their world per se. But like for Bear Clan specifically, I'm I'm really conscious about how I'm trying to present them.
0: Right. So we should say that Bear Clan is basically a non-profit. Yep. Um, and they, they go out and feed the homeless. They clothe the homeless. They provide
1: they... supplies. They do. All, they, they give them like harm reduction tools. Mm-hmm. They give them clothes. They give them... And, and it's like... I've, I've been trying to explain this to people. And I feel like when I'm saying it, I'm not representing their cause. right? Because mm-hmm. they say they gift everything rather than right. give everything. Sure. Like, I think that sets... You can't go around saying they gift things to people. Because like, people don't understand what that means out of context. Um, no i guess not because like a gift presents has a reason yeah Yeah, but like what they do is they don't even give they show up with clothes with water with food with harm reduction with all the with all the necessary essentials all the
0: bare necessities right? all the bare necessities (laughs) yes and
1: then they they see who needs it
0: right and the people come quite quite willingly and just ask you know
1: yeah, no, they know them. They've, they've yeah. seen them before. They, they know them as a force. And like the the one guy, Bryce, I love how he explained like how mm-hmm. people go in and they'll steal from a 7-Eleven and they'll steal a chocolate bar. And they're not doing it because they, nobody – what is that rule? Never attribute to maliciousness what you can attribute to like stupidity. stupidity. But in this case, it's desperateness. Yeah. Like it's not malicious. It's desperate. You're in there and you see a chocolate bar and it's a high source of calorie mm-hmm. and you're starving You and it's a small thing. You're going to lift it. Like, 100%. it happens. And but,
0: I, how could you fault someone for that? if it's, no, it's life or death at that point. If, if truly, if you have
1: these giant monuments to like spending in front of you, like a, a, a mall or a Circle sure. K or whatever, sure. and, and you got nothing, like have you, I'm sure you've been there where you got nothing. Like, zero in well, the bank account. Have you been there? Thankfully not, no. but
0: that's white privilege, baby. That's just <laughs> the privilege of my parents no, no, giving absolutely. me that. I've, I've yeah. been there uh-huh. like
1: where it's, like, zero in my bank account. And, like, it's, it's fine for me as well because I have mm. a job and, like, yeah. I know my money's coming in and, like, right. it's fine. But, like, when you're in that moment, when you have zero and you're thinking, what am I going to eat? And even though I might have, like, a hot dog in my fridge and it's just the simple act of, like, God, I wish I could buy a McDonald's burger right now. Damn. Like, two bucks.
0: Right. You don't even have that. You
1: don't even have that. And can you, like, if you don't have a job, you don't have money coming mm-hmm. in, and, Fuck. like, you don't, like, that's got to be a defeating proposition. Like, that's that's got to be insane. That's, like, you, you still got, and on top of that, maybe you have a drug habit that you need to, like, sure. supply to sure. now. And, like, it it just, like, why wouldn't you? Honestly, if I was homeless, why wouldn't I smoke crack? Like, literally, everything <laughs> else is bad. Why the, f- I'm going to smoke crack, because it's going to make me feel good. Like.
0: Well, and you could see it's just a complex of factors, right? Yeah. It's like. Man, but imagine how that would, what that would do to your self esteem if you saw these people wow. driving around, spending money, and
1: it kills you. It makes you bitter, and like, so when yeah. you steal from the store, you're not thinking, like, "This is a bad thing you're stealing." You're like, "Fuck society, they fucked me." Like, right? Sure, what the fuck ever. And like, if you have a force out there that's like not attaching shame at all to taking things, mm. like not attaching shame yeah. to like, here's here's some water, here's some food, mm-hmm. here's some whatever you need. And like again, I, I really feel like the way they approach it is like they really somehow have managed to strip shame out of that experience.
0: That's a great point.
1: And like, yeah, and I, I feel like that that does better for society than like like well, any other thing out there, really.
0: Yeah, that's what we said. And did we ask Judy like what does it say about our world or our government that where something like this has to exist?
1: I think we may have. I'm not, I'm trying to remember right yeah. now. but th- she didn't mention like everything's become robotic and like right. you're served by robots. You're like,
0: <laughs> yeah. like
1: slowly things are becoming robotic and yeah. you're not having human connection. And they very much make it a point to go out and give human connection. I feel like we even saw a couple of people that weren't particularly homeless and they grabbed yeah. like a water or like a snack from them and they they were fine with it. Like,
0: yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, no, please yeah.
1: take it. You you need it in this moment. You needed mm-hmm. like take it.
0: Yeah, man. You know what struck me. You know what probably the most poignant shot in that whole movie that we did is is when that the hug
1: yeah oh man that was gold because I, it's a long hug it's a long hug and she doesn't flinch away from it she doesn't like feel uncomfortable i, I this is a, one of the memories i can conjure out of my brain where i'm like man like good work guy in a sarcastic way but like there was a time when i was walking yeah. down uh jasper and a guy a homeless guy was yelling And, like, I'm sitting there like a jackass, being like, well, I'm just going to go around him. Yeah. And then he yells, and he's like, hey, can you help me? And I'm like, I'm sorry, man. I don't have anything. He's like, I'm blind. Can you just help me? Holy fuck. And uh, in that moment, I snapped out of it. And I was like, oh, fuck. i got to help this guy sit down. And, like, so I grabbed him. And, again, I was still flinching away because I was like, oh, he's still homeless. And, like, I don't know what he's got on him. But, Mm -hmm. like, I helped him sit down. And then... I kind of, I remember, I think I walked away, which is a dumb, like, leave the blind man. I think another girl walked up and she had better idea of what kind of services. I, I wish I'd stuck around and, like, actually been like, can I can I get right. you a water from the store? Can I, like, yeah, can, I help can I help you, you, in you out in any way, yeah. dude? Yeah. Um, but, like, it's it's one of those, she didn't flinch away. She didn't, like, was like, ooh don't, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, it's Buddhist in a sense, where you kind of mm. just strip, strip, strip. Everything away besides you're human. I'm human, yep. and you need a hug. That's all that matters at this point,
0: right? Because in really, that's true. It's like you and I are are actually the same thing, and we see each other as different things because that's just it makes sense on a survival oh, yeah, level, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. But like really, that homeless guy, that blind guy, is just you.
1: For the grace of God, there goes I. Like mm. if if I think about this ever, because I like back home, too, like, the level of, pro- like, Tanzania is where I grew up, and, like, the level of poverty you see there, and, like, mm-hmm. it just takes a dice roll for you to be that person instead of the other person, you know right, what I mean? Like, right. I was lucky enough to be born into a middle-class family in Africa, mm-hmm. like, that that's part of my privilege, I'm, I'm really mm-hmm. not shy about, like, being Indian in Tanzania is, like, a privilege to a certain degree, because you have social, hmm. like, credit it's it's a whole complicated colonial thing where we sure. were like under the british but the, they put us in there to like keep their local people in line but like it still ascribes a level of, of privilege yeah, to you and it, sure. it ascribes a level of like middle classness so like mm. i'm extremely lucky most people don't get to come to canada like when they when they turn seven the skills i have in my <laughs> hand left in africa right i would have had a harder time surviving than i do here
0: that makes sense that's funny you it was better that you came here
1: It was better that came here because then i can like you can fuck up a little bit here and like you'll be fine especially again if you have a middle class background and Mm -hmm. you are like of because i don't think white particularly applies in canada but i think i think indian people are again Mm -hmm. have a certain level of privilege in canada where like you can get away with some shit like you can get away with some shit and it's fine like I'm trying to think, I don't think I've ever particularly been in a situation where I was like, I'll be fine, but like, like I could, I feel like if I was to go out on the street and I was going to go cop drugs mm-hmm. and the way I look, the way I talk, the way I present myself, right. if a cop pulled me over and they found a gram of Coke in my pocket, I would get in trouble, right? but I wouldn't go to jail. Okay. I feel like if I was indigenous or if I was black and I had a gram of Coke in my pocket, it's over for me.
0: Possible. I can't say for sure. I I, I see what you're getting at. No, like, no, no. There is a, a hierarchies within the within how so called within
1: the 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 intersectional. Like, sure. I forget the name for it, but like there is that hierarchy, and like I I like it's again, it's just one of those things where like I feel lucky that I'm in he, I'm here and I do have the opportunity to fuck up a little bit and.
0: Ben, yeah. fuck up you. <laughs> I've fucked think, up a lot. I don't think friend. you have. I don't think you I, have I've really. been
1: fired off at two jobs. Okay um let's see what else have i done i do i think i told this last time i was here too but i told you about the time i deleted some guys like six years worth of email archives no oh my god what this is what i won't name i won't give any details just so like nobody can come back in my hands but i was working at a company Uh and they were upgrading from windows XP to Windows seven. Okay. And I was just fresh out of school. Oh my and we were god. Doing the thing. And so part of it, they use these things called PSTs, personal storage tables. It's it's like in Microsoft Outlook, if you want to archive emails, you send it to a PST and it's like okay. a file that's offline okay. where all your emails are stored. Um, so I thought I, I moved all his I, I got him onto his new computer and I moved his stuff. And I was like, okay, well, that's good. I can just delete my backups. Turned out I didn't move his stuff. Oh, I just no. moved it into my backup. I forgot that. I wasn't smoking weed at this point either. So, like, I don't know what was happening. <laughs> you just fucked <laughs> up. <laughs> um, but, like, wow. so I just moved it into my backup drive, but I didn't move it onto his desktop. Okay. So, I was like, okay, well, I'll just delete this. Delete. Two days later, he's like, hey, I can't find my emails. Oh. Luckily, there was some politics happening in that office where I was able to get by relatively scot free because they were like, well, he signed the thing saying that it was fine, so it must be fine. We're tired of these users coming back and being like, oh, two days. So I was just oh, kind of like, keep wow. your mouth shut, don't say a word. Um, but like, I mean, where else? If I do, like, I, I'm just, again, I'm lucky that I got went so I'm lucky that I get to fuck up. Yeah, that's a pretty
0: big fuck up. Deleting six oh, years. He ago. was an
1: architect or something too, like an engineer or God. some shit. So like, he needed those emails, man.
0: Can you imagine having to reach out to everybody you email and be like, you hey, can you like?
1: I'm gonna say I freed him. You freed him. I freed him. I freed him from 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 this bureaucracy. It's true.
0: <laughs> it's like that meme or whatever that like. When you, if you totally clean out your Gmail inbox, it's like a little picture of you at the beach or whatever. Like, (laughs) you just, you just accelerated that for him.
1: You should be, you should be thanking me, technically. Yeah, yeah, technically. Enjoy your beach time. You have no
0: reason to be mad.
1: (laughs) Can you imagine someone tells that to you? But you're free.
0: Yeah. (laughs) They come to you and (laughs) Faisal just doubles down? No, no.
1: No, no. You're free. You're, you're good, man. But like, yeah, so I mean, but a part of it is like, hopefully, you have the opportunity to fuck up so you can like progress yourself a little bit.
0: Yeah, I fucked up a lot too.
1: Yeah, every um, everybody does. Again, I'm still fucking. Up. I feel like if you're indigenous, you can't really fuck up too much in Canada because I feel like the boot comes down a little harder sometimes. Seems like it. But like, I feel like I can be me and be drunk in public and I'll be fine. Right.
0: Well, it also seems like in some cases the indigenous people, indigenous folks, communities are 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 they have. They're way down to begin with, so like to to screw up, and then you're really in hell. Like some communities, they can't even drink the water. No, I mean like
1: it's such a crazy situation, and it's like part of it is bureaucracy as well, where all these the money that should be paid to these people isn't getting paid because it gets caught halfway through the pipeline and gets spent on like crap. That's true too. I'm again, this is an outsider perspective. Same. There's probably a difference, like once you get into those areas and you start talking to people, but like. Yeah, yeah, I used to be super ignorant in my 20s. When I first got here, I will say this much. When I first got here, like racism towards native people was kind of like an accepted thing here to a certain degree. Yeah. And like I parroted some dumbass shit in like when in my early 20s, um I realize now that all that stuff, thank God I never put it out in public. I just said it to my <laughs> dumbass friends, but like <laughs> it's it's not right. Like yeah. it, it's it's a culture that like makes people feel bad for the things that that culture has done to those people
0: interesting it's a culture that makes people feel bad for the things that people have done to those people
1: for that for what that culture has done to those people i don't i don't think per se the people in that culture have done anything but like mm-hmm. the culture that that's been established is a culture that like devalues indigenous people and like yeah. encourages people to devalue indigenous people
0: that's a tough one it's it's impossible to dig into that without feeling some kind of shame and guilt but it's like i don't even know where the healing begins i think
1: I think the healing begins when we start admitting that, like, our culture is is something that's not right in terms of, like, the indigenous experience. Mm-hmm. And then I think once, because there's a lot of holdouts of people being like, well, no, that's not me. That was my daddy. Right. Like, and I feel like <laughs> it's sure, like, sure. I get it. Like, it's it wasn't my people either. My, my folks came to Canada in the 80s. But right you're part of this culture and mm-hmm. part of being part of this culture is you experience, you're, you're part of like everything good and bad that comes out of this culture. So like, you just got to accept point. that it's like part of, the, this is the culture. This is what's happened. These people have been marginalized. And once you can accept that and you can talk about that, then we can start talking about how we move forward.
0: That's a good point, man. I think, yeah, it's like if you want to reap the benefits of, of what goes on in this world, you have to be able to also take responsibility for the, the bad that is going yeah. on. Yeah, like... People are so willing to 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 seek external control over other things, but it's like you can't have it both ways, you know what I mean? It's like you have to, like we were saying, like we're one and the same. You are responsible for everything and nothing in some ways, exactly. you know? Exactly, like, like
1: if you, especially if you benefit from this culture, like in right. any way, again, if you have the opportunity to fuck up and keep trucking along, mm. then A, you need to be thankful, and then B, you have to recognize that not everybody has those opportunities. Mm-hmm. And then once we all come to a mutual understanding that like, society automatically like splits people into columns. There's a way more explicit quote that I won't quote from a Moss Def song, but like it it splits people. uh, I can't (laughs) say the word. Okay, (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Um, But like it it splits people into two categories Mm -hmm. of like you are and you aren't. And probably there's more categories in there, but like, you know, we we have to come to a realization that that's what society does. And if you benefit from it, you are in the, you are, I think, people like to have a victim of complex people like to imagine themselves yes. as the underdog and they're like coming up and they're doing the thing mm-hmm. even like billionaires like to be like well i was an underdog and it's like mm-hmm. no we can't all be underdogs <laughs>
0: right someone's gotta be the overdog yeah and like
1: <laughs> sometimes you gotta just be like yeah i've had privilege and i've i'm the overdog so like mm. own it cut the underdog shit out yeah own it
0: cut the underdog shit yeah i think there's a certain amount of like performative or like pornographic like masochistic
1: like it's 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 that whole like uh it's a virtue like Mm -hmm. like you have you have to suffer in order i think i saw this i can't remember i saw this but like somebody was talking about how the the prevailing wisdom is you have to suffer in order to create good art and like
0: that could be true
1: i don't think that i feel like good art comes like i think this was david lynch yeah it was david lynch who said this i agree with him good art comes from a good artist like if you're an artist and you're pulling from your influences Mm -hmm. you're going to create good art suffering only creates suffering for the artist. Like, it's not a good thing. It doesn't, mm. it, it's it's like self-flagellation. It's not going to get you to create something good. You, like, so, like, while I was making Overnight Edmonton, I was definitely mm. suffering. But that's <laughs> just from, like, I got to get this done. I got to right. get this made. But, like, the ideas themselves weren't generated out of suffering. The ideas themselves were generated out of, like, That's a good point. What can I show that I love from the city? Even, like, the graveyard shift thing. I yeah. was like, I want to show how crazy this city is and like (laughs) how how much like I love the crazy nightlife. It's not like, oh God, I'm working 7-Eleven every night and these people come in and they're always harassing me and like making me feel like it didn't come out of that. It came out of like, I want to explore the crazy world and like, I (laughs) I want to see what's in this crazy world.
0: That's interesting, man. And maybe suffering is a part of getting there, but you're right. It's like good art probably comes from like a a really deeply self-realized person who's
1: well, I mean, I think this is also part of modern art is like it good art comes from anybody, people, yes, people. Everybody has the opportunity. I can't remember where I heard this line, it's another move. This things I pick up for movies sometimes, where I'm like, This, I'm gonna keep this piece of philosophy, but like everybody's got one in them, everybody's got a great book or a great song, mm, or great, yep. everybody's got one thing in them for sure, and like you just got to give that person the opportunity to get that. Some people to be don't realize, yeah, like they have that. I think that's why everybody does poetry. I think that's why so much poetry is bad. I don't like a lot of poetry. I'll be honest.
0: Well, <laughs> but you don't have to pass the judgment on it. Because no, because
1: it's, it's the most accessible thing, and people right. should do it. They
0: should. I've said that before too on the show. I think is like everyone. People say, "Oh, I can't dance. I can't paint. I can't." It's like, no, you actually can. You might not be able to do it to a level where anyone sees value. To an in An elite it. level, but sure. you
1: should do it.
0: You have to do it.
1: And then maybe, maybe you figure out that maybe what you don't, what you don't really like is dancing, but you like filming dancing and then sure. you follow that thread. Or like, right. maybe you like composing the music for dancing, and then you follow that thread. Like It's all about trying to taking part in the different experiences so you can find what is yours.
0: Interesting. I really like what you were saying before about suffering only creates suffering for the artist. Like, yeah. I thought about when we shot Darker Than Night last summer. Like, I suffered through a lot of that. I, I don't know if it made the art any better, but it made the story and the experience and then like my character better for having done it
1: your character uh, like you my, know, as, as you personally yeah i get that I you get know it. well that's hardship to a certain degree i sure. think that's learning i think when when he was talking about suffering it's like when you're in personal turmoil and you're mm. like oh god i'm like in jail and this is where my right. best novel is going to come from
0: right well that it, may be
1: that, i mean it may be but i feel like what it actually comes from is your experiences leading up to being in jail. Jail just gives you the time. Right. Like I I don't think you have to actively be suffering to to create no. good art. No, I don't think so. I think more importantly is the breadth of experience you get in.
0: Breadth like, of experience. Yeah. I, I think that's if right. you've
1: been in places and you've done things where like yeah, like just if you if you've been in places, if you've seen things that like maybe not everyone sees or you're able to talk to people that like is more natural than other people can talk to. Michael K. Williams used to do this okay. um, show called—I forget the name of the show—but he would go into like places where they were running guns or places where they were selling mm. drugs or stealing cars, and like he could he could fit in there with them and he could like talk with with wow. those people. It's like yeah. And what is that? What is that? I mean, I guess because
0: it's authentic, right?
1: It's authentic. It's it's not suffering. It's not like. It's it's it it, it's you've had this experience like I just from from Michael K's character from looking at him from seeing him you can tell he's had experiences in life and you can tell he's not like middle class and then Hollywood and then like never Mm -hmm. really gotten his hands dirty you can tell he knows how to speak to people and he knows how Mm -hmm. to show respect and he knows how to give respect and like so when he shows up in those circles Mm -hmm. people don't necessarily like see him as an offensive because he's he he knows how to conduct himself in those circles because he's been in those circles right.
0: Man, that's crazy because he's he's taking the time to also like probably look within and refine him, himself and how he's going to put himself out there. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking Devin just texted me a while ago about he doesn't want to spend the rest of his life consuming art from people who have TV addled brains. You know? like <laughs> Oh, interesting. Right?
1: Because I used to, there, there used to be that prevailing, again, prevailing wisdom of like um, back when I was in high school, people would be like, well, TV, my teachers particularly would be like, TV will kill your imagination. Hmm books won't because in books you have to imagine the characters and you have to imagine right. the scenario whereas tv it's all presented to you and it's sure like, it's gonna i think that's a very technophobic way to look at things because i grew up watching tv my brain is definitely addled by tv i <laughs> you you know me i Fair pull enough. everything i see from cartoons that i saw in the day or yep. like fucking movies I feel like that's added to my breath of experience, though. Or, like, my want of breath of experience. Sure. Because I've seen these movies of these situations and these things happening. Mm-hmm. And, like, some of them resonate with me to the point where, like, I want to try these experiences. And, like, I'll, I'll get in there. I'll, I'll do it. Like, yeah. I'll find out what's happening. I see a movie about people taking acid. And, like, in my brain, it's going to, well, I'll find some acid and I'll do it. And, like...
0: And you did. Yeah. And it, then you I'll, made a it's movie. It's one of my favorite yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, But, like... Yeah. I, I, I think if you consume a lot of media... It also adds to, and it doesn't have to be any kind, it has to, It can be any kind of media. Like, I don't want to be an elitist in terms of, like, you have to consume no. art. You can watch all seven, and I have watched all seven American Pie movies, and still gain <laughs> some sort of sure. something out of there. Yeah. Like, I will, to this day, I will go to bat for the first American Pie movie. I will say it's one of the best stories of, like, just teenage feelings okay. out
0: there. Because it's so much of it is, oh mean, Now that I think about it, is like the whole art delineation is like who really? Well, that's
1: the postmodern thing too. Is like yep. when when postmodern art came out, they were like, "Well, this isn't Renaissance painting. This isn't like you know, fa- you don't have to have a skill to make an art. Right. You just have to create." And mm-hmm. like, what is creating? You tell me what creating is.
0: Right, it's a deeply personal thing, and I think part of the problem is that people who. Haven't fully explored themselves or are more interested in power control or narcissistic, have created these structures of like taste making or classes where it's like I get to gatekeeping yeah. is the right word where I get to deem the value of, of this expression, and that's probably ruined scores countless, of people. Countless,
1: yeah, countless bits of things because like then you have to look at these people and like. It's funny because I always like again going back to film. For example, um, Jean Luc Godard is mm-hmm. is one of the guys that people like. That guy knew how to make a film boy, howdy. Um, <laughs> sure, yeah. And, like, yeah he yeah. makes good films. I love his films. But like when he made those films, he was breaking every rule in the book. It was one hundred percent. Yeah, it wasn't. He wasn't making it by the conventional standards. He right. made his own conventional standard. I feel like if you lean into the thing that makes you weird, you're gonna come up with a better project.
0: That's exactly right. Because Godard basically did the opposite, right?
1: Yeah, well, he was he was handheld cameras, and he was mm-hmm. getting in people's faces, and he was like, no, well, I have a budget that doesn't allow me to do the things that everyone else is doing. And also, I want to make it more personal. How do I make it more personal? And, like, those things in the moment might seem my like failings. Like, even to me, I've watched some of the stuff I do, and, like, the things that are essential to me mm-hmm. might appear as failings to, to me. But to other people, it appears as, like, the things that are essential to me.
0: Right, like, we were... We were talking about that just a minute ago. when We were looking at looking through the give, give and take timeline. Like, well, you know, like we're done. We can't. We can. Yeah. We can nitpick, but it's like I don't consider anything in that movie a failure anymore. No, I never no, no, really no. did.
1: No, anything that we have that is quote unquote a failing is towards budget or anything. But I think in terms of plot, in terms of flow, in terms of story, in terms of cinematography, in terms mm-hmm. of acting, we have something that's yes, good. I would say that's, that's it. It's it's
0: a high pitched good.
1: <laughs> <Is laughs> it's good. So how is it? Oh, it's good. We have something that's recognizable. We have something that yeah. like. And I, I have to struggle, I have to battle with this every now and then because like I'm, I think of the movies that are influential to me, but mm-hmm. then I also think of the of the budgets that they had, and like I don't think we're in the in the ballpark of a Tucker Dale versus Evil, or in the ballpark mm-hmm. of like those smaller indie movies that made it be good. We're not in the ballpark of no. Well, maybe Clerks, but even Clerks was kind of different to that regard. But we're in the ballpark of like, people who will go on to make those movies.
0: I think, I think it's a great first step.
1: We are, we are the Coen brothers before they made Blood Simple.
0: I'm not signing up to that, but
1: you can say <laughs> but, that if you want. But you know, you I know what you're mean, like, we're, yeah. we're Sam Raimi while sure. he was making Evil Dead, or before he was making Evil Dead. Like, we I feel like, and again, this is me maybe bragging and being a little presumptuous, yeah. but I feel like we're on the road to making like ten years from now, we're gonna have a bre- we're gonna have a decent filmography.
0: Well, you're we're, you're on the road to, for sure, to that, and us together because Yo, yeah, we yeah, keep yeah. we keep working together. How many projects did you complete? Between shooting give and take and finishing give and take, <laughs> seriously.
1: Uh, let me think here: two, three short films uh-huh. and a documentary. Yeah, I think so. Right, I think that's it. You
0: just kind of put give and take over here. Just went and did some other stuff. Came yeah. back.
1: Well, that's my baby. That's uh, that's the one that like is my debut. Really, at the end of the day, it is in, in terms of acting, in terms of directing. Mm-hmm. Like I've been in other things and stuff, but this is. It's it's a terrifying experience when I think of showing it to other. Even when I was thinking of showing the documentary and like my shorts to other strangers, like it's right. It's a terrifying experience to have strangers watch your thing because then it's <laughs> I don't know. It's such a personal thing. This movie. It's it's.
0: What are you afraid of?
1: I'm afraid that the one thing I can say I'm definitely afraid of, like deathly, deathly afraid of, and thank God for movie theaters for existing. I'm afraid of, and I'm sure this happens i've seen it happen with all manner of budget films you're watching the movie and it's really great and then the phone comes out oof that kills me like even when it's not my movie when i are watching someone else's movie and mm. like i'll be watching it and the person i'm watching with the phone comes out mm. and it just kills me cuz i'm like this There's this something needs your attention here. right
0: you really need to pay attention to this thing for 90 minutes please
1: like put the phone away I'm, I'm very conscious of trying to put the phone away but like that's that's something that i'm afraid of and i know that's going to happen like i'm, I'm my movie's going to be watched and someone's going to bring the phone out right and like they're going to be scrolling through instagram and it's it's it, it's a self-esteem breaker but like <laughs> you gotta it's the world we live in but like
0: only if, if you choose to in in internalize, internalize that as your problem exactly. it's it's not they have the goldfish attention span <laughs> you know
1: yeah well i mean that's yeah but like theater theaters still exist so the least people can't pull their phones out in goddamn theaters um
0: <laughs> i also feel like give and take is cut in such a way where it moves like we should probably not talk it up too much because maybe
1: it's terrible hey, man, <laughs> i don't think uh, you it know is, what but, even a bad review is a good review
0: true because they want they expended the the time and the energy and the mental that was like did you know a driftwood uh a film studies professor of mine came to the Driftwood screening and then shit all over it.
1: I remember you told me you told me about this, and it's just like, well, I'm glad you did that, but like, did you make a movie?
0: Right, and probably not.
1: It's a tough thing. Like, it's I think we mentioned I mentioned the last podcast, but like, it's it's in boxing. No matter what happens in that ring, you can never call either of the men that goes in. maybe right. up until about the Logan Paul fights and wow. stuff. But like, but like, no matter what happens in that ring, both men. Like come out and you can't say shit about either one because they got in the ring.
0: That's the truth and I think more people should inherit that view in life in general. It's like, you can't say shit about really anything. You can't pass the moral judgment. That was the big lesson on this podcast.
1: Oh, yeah. You you have to... You have to...
0: What do I know about you, really? I don't know. Like Things to me that seem easy could be hard to you and vice versa. Absolutely. Right?
1: Absolutely. You, You have to walk in the person's shoes.
0: Right. There's not enough of that, man. There's not enough of... Like I've I grappled with this idea of collectivism versus individualism. That's probably not even really useful. It's just like you have to open up to the universe and see everything as one. Truly, I know how crazy that sounds, no, but no, no. you do that and you really it it changes you.
1: You know, I think I may have learned this earlier, but Joey Diaz is where it really stuck with me. But like. I love that. Cocksuck. Cock, suck, sucker. I love when he was like, <laughs> I don't remember where it was, but at one point he was like, and you can watch it on TV whenever you want. It's on channel five or channel six. Fox, check your local listings. <laughs> I love that guy.
0: How's, I haven't listened to him in a long time.
1: Joe, Uncle Joey's joint? It's good. I, yeah. It's it's the same way, maybe to a lesser extent that I feel about Joe Rogan, where like okay. I'll be on board with like eighty percent of what the man's saying, right. and then there's that twenty percent where I'm like, God, mm. I don't know, dude. You're making me look bad.
0: That guy romanticizes weed like crazy. Oh
1: man, he's given up the weed for a little while. He, I think he took a tolerance break. Oh, but wow. like when he gets to into his opinions about the Me Too movement and stuff like oh, that, I'm yeah. like, okay, Joey, maybe you're not the guy to listen to on this particular instance. Whether
0: it's true or not, he is kind of comes across as like a misogynist, or like a... I,
1: I, I get it, and you know what? it's 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 the same defense that I'll give to Eminem's first three albums, mm. like, and I've I've dated feminists, I know feminists, and like I defended the albums to them too, like, it's 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 an expression of what of that person at that particular time, like in terms True. of uh, Joey Diaz, he's a coke addict, he's a former coke addict, he went to jail, he would lived in, he grew up in the nineties and the eighties, his mom, you really mm. expect him not to be misogynistic? Like, do you do you expect him not to have misogynistic views? I guess is the thing. Like, we shouldn't expect anyone to be misogynistic, but like, and I don't think he, I don't think he actively hates women, but mm. of course he's gonna have some misogynistic views. Of course he's because it's holdovers from the eighties and nineties. It's things that were common up till <laughs> up till twenty fourteen, twenty eleven. Like we all thought <laughs> there were tons of words that we were saying that like we we're like, oh yeah, this
0: is fine. Yeah, yeah, this is this is fine. And I was just thinking like what I just said about opening up to the universe and not passing the. You're then you're right like. We may judge him as misogynist. He may do things that that we think hurt other people, but that's just personal expression. That's Is anybody experience perfect? And
1: experience. And like, I don't think he's actively hurt. It, it comes down to, are you actively hurting people? It's like when I said with, sure. with Eminem. Like, and he had the artistic forethought to be like, there's Marshall Mathers, there's Eminem, and then there's Slim Shady. And mm-hmm. all that violent shit he did under Slim Shady. And he was like mm-hmm. a young 20 something year old man in the 90s. He was divorced. He had a daughter. He was Flat fucking broke. These right. are his opinions that he's put, and at least he put them out in art and didn't actually go out and do them. True. Um, yes.
0: And I would go ahead.
1: Oh, I was going to say, and then from the Joey Diaz podcast, is what I did learn the, the one <laughs> nugget of truth I took away is like, if you do, if you keep doing what you think you're supposed to be doing, right. eventually the universe recognizes that you're working towards it and yes. it makes things easier for you. It opens it up for you. And it's like, because like, and this is a little bit of magical thinking, um, but like, I feel like even through the documentary like there was something holding me through there and like we f- I found those skaters through pure happenstance. Hmm. They showed up at a, to skate while we were fi- while we were out there filming with Nozanin. Oh. Like, I didn't know them, I never heard of them. They literally just showed up to skate. And so I had to go up and walk up to them after the shoot and be like, "Hey, can I talk to you guys later?" Right, right. And then like I still <laughs> had to message them on Instagram. Right. So I followed them on Instagram. They never got back to me on Instagram, but they told me they'd be th- they're usually out there every night and like just had to show up and be there at that night and then we filmed them and then they started talking about their social cause and like right this is all out of pure happenstance it i didn't plan any of that i didn't pre-interview them or anything like that but like it's one of those things where if you're doing the thing then the universe kind of opens up to you and is like well let me help you out here i can see you're 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 putting the work (laughs) in so like here for some reason i've read i've noticed the universe in the last week keeps trying to give me books I keep okay. seeing books lying on the side of the street. The other day I saw a, a spy novel. I okay. didn't pick it up. And then okay. today while I was waiting for the bus, I saw Sabrina the t- Teenage Wish novel just out on the sidewalk lying. I, I didn't pick it up. Didn't pick it up. I don't know. Why I'm are you rejecting
0: at... the universe like this? Bed bugs, man. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> a good reason, if any. I think you're right. And I again, that sounds woo-woo like to say that. But there's something about whether it's momentum or energy or I've heard it said like focus attracts focus. Like, I, I do think that, like, whatever persists, persists. Like, whatever you, whatever, like, good sleep begets more good sleep. Yeah. Like, like you. Well, if you're you, constantly
1: focusing on your goals, again, with magical thinking, if you're doing rituals or whatever, sure. you're, you're focusing on your goals constantly.
0: Yeah. And, like, I would say with you, like, watching the post production of Give and Take, the short films, and now through Overnight Edmonton. For whatever reason, your drive has gone from like here to here, and it's just like you, like, like really that text exchange the other night was like pinnacle that where I'm trying to weasel out of the shoot, and you're like, no, we have to do it. We're we like, have to do it. Oh fuck, he's right, and you, you had enough gravity that you sucked me in, and I appreciate
1: that, man. Like, it, it,
0: happy to do it in the end. Like,
1: we, I think, yeah. Well, this also, I get into my head sometimes of like, I know it's gonna be hard, and I know I'm gonna expect yeah. to be like frustrated and upset and mm-hmm. like. And you just have to know that you're going to feel those feelings and you have to push through. Because I feel like, and like I did come to moments like this sometimes where like I was feeling abstra- frustrated and upset and I was feeling mm-hmm. like I wasn't getting anywhere. And then your brain automatically goes to, well, just give up. Like you yeah. made a good ship run. Yeah, okay, you got fine. here. Yeah. You proved it to yourself. Give up. And mm-hmm. like you can't listen to that voice. That voice is a, is, 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 is a traitor. It's the devil. Again, from Joey Diaz. Till the wheels come off. <laughs> that is the motto. Like you do it until the wheels come off. You're here in this thing until the wheels come off. That means if you're at like twelve o'clock on deadline day and you just mm-hmm. you have 43 minutes and you haven't submitted it, <laughs> that's where you're gonna be. That's when the wheels came off. But not a second before that.
0: Sure. Yeah. And even then, like Okay, you missed the deadline, so what? Now you start...
1: Now you have a documentary that you can send to the film festivals. Until the wheels come off. Until you are in the coffin. Not a second before that.
0: Until they come asking for the five grand (laughs) back.
1: Then it's like, Faisal, I don't know any Faisal. My name is Steve Barnes. Never heard of him. Yeah.
0: That was funny how you paid me, and I was like, "I'm gonna keep that liquid." And then I, I ended up moving it around. And I mean, it's my like, was like it's the
1: world. Oh that, fuck! I'm um, like, now we gotta finish. <laughs> you can always trust me. To be a, at the very least, I'll be like, "Well, I pay." Like, I would have been like, "I paid the camera guy." I don't have a finished project, but like, right. I, paid. I think that's again what they were expecting. Like, even if we didn't have a finished project, we would be able to be like, "Well, we paid the people," and they're like, "Well, you're fostering the scene a little bit. You're, you're, yeah. you're helping foster the scene."
0: I think that's a good way to look at it. I mean, did you did you sign anything?
1: No, no. I, I mean, I signed a grant agreement. Okay. But that's about it. And I, I agree the grant. to receive well, this money. I looked at the grant agreement. Okay. And it didn't say anything about returning the funds upon if you couldn't complete it or anything. I honestly think, like, besi- I think part of TELUS's motivation definitely was to, like, well, we have all these separate scenes, these these separate scenes in sure. Canada, these film scenes. Mm-hmm. And we need them to grow because it's part of our, it makes our business easier if we have more emerging Canadian artists that we can show on TV. Mm-hmm. What do they need? They need to learn how to do the thing, and they need to learn how to manage a budget. Well, let's give them a budget. Let's get the people in the scene paid, mm-hmm. and let's teach them how to make a project.
0: Yeah. Did you enjoy the production management side of things, like scheduling interviews and all that crap? Or
1: looking back on it, I enjoyed it. Okay. In, in the moment, I I probably had some choice words to say, but looking back on it, I think I, it's something that I feel very proud of. Like yeah. I, it hasn't sunk into me just yet, but like. Every now and then, I'll sit there and I'll be like, you know, I'm, I made a movie. Like, I made two movies. Yeah. But, like, I, I mean, I did it. And it, not to say I did it by myself, but, like, it's right. one of those things that you can look back and you can be like, I did that. I did it. I did, like, yeah. It's it's, it's overwhelming. Like I said, I was I was saying, like. I mean, I got two movies under my belt now. Hopefully. I got one and one and two, three quarters of a movie. But, like, give and take will be out. It's, there's no way it's going to get out. But, it exists, folks. It's
0: a real movie. It's coming out soon.
1: <laughs> but, like, I got two movies. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm I'm, I'm already planning. I'm, you know I'm going to do a third somehow, some way.
0: Oh, I'm sure like, we will.
1: Yeah. And so, like, the filmography grows. And, like, mm-hmm. again, you just become... It becomes hard to ignore you at that point.
0: I want to do a movie that's just so gritty and fucked up that's all i've wanted to do since driftwood like i want to do driftwood plus
1: do you do are you are you thinking supernatural elements or are you thinking could like, be just like down like kitchen sink kind of shit like uh, yeah like i criminals wanna... gone wild did you ever see snow on the bluff
0: no Man, fuck, you, you kept yeah i know because you sent me that clip and i was like oh where they,
1: where they open up and they're showing that they're they yeah. they're, they're they're and then they get robbed for their yes. camera yeah that's
0: it is okay. that real no
1: no, the, no. I, the, here's my opinion on it. The hustlers are real. The guns are real. I don't know if the story is real. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the drugs are real. I'm not going to speculate on that. But like, you got to watch that movie because that is the definition of grit.
0: That's what I want to go back to. Like the handheld powered zoom lens, like boots on the ground. It's like a it's like fly on the wall. Like a documentary, and almost the, to a certain degree, but not. Yes, so. and people aren't even sure what they're seeing. It's like and and like you say, like maybe some of the people are legitimate gangsters. Criminals, whatever. Yeah, I I don't know. That's all I've ever been attracted to.
1: I, I get it. I get it. And mm-hmm. like, so I mean, part of that, I feel like you, I feel like you got to make relationships with some of those people because then you get to hear those stories, and then when right. you hear those stories, you get to like pick up on those stories and like pull right. into it. But, the, again, the the question with that is, like, how do you get in touch with people? Like, yeah. when I was trying to find the graffiti artist... Right. Like, I... Because I wanted to interview a graffiti artist for uh, Overnight Edmonton. Right. And I wanted one specific... A guy who tags and bombs, not like the mural makers. I wanted a guy who's, like, out there putting his name on people's buildings. Mm. And, like, everybody's pissed at him. But I wanted to learn his story. Like, because I... Uh, we can get into this in another podcast. But I think it's an essential service. Like, crucify me all you want. I mm-hmm. think graffiti is an essential service. I think... There has to be a spot there for that guy to, like, write his name everywhere. Yeah. And I'll defend him to the death.
0: I think that... Yeah. Okay, go on.
1: Um, But... Like, I wanted to find this person.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I could. So what I ended up doing is I ended up Googling news stories and trying to see who was arrested for vandalism. And I found a couple of names of people that are arrested for vandalism with okay. spray cans and stuff. And I messaged them on Facebook. Anything? They never. I'm sure they were like, man, these pedophiles are getting, like, really, <laughs> really elaborate with their oh schemes.
0: Yeah. But, like, right.
1: I, I still message them. And, I like, you just got to find them. And, like, you got to find those people and convince them that you're the one they need to talk to. I've been trying to find rappers in Edmonton because, like, I want to shoot rap music videos, and like, okay. I would like to find a couple of rappers that a whose music I can get down with, and who I feel some sense about the authenticity right. from, and then I can help craft a music video for them where, like, we can do, I, uh, we can do something.
0: I think we should. Any luck on that front, or I no? I
1: Find anybody that resonates with me per se. There's there's some conscious rappers in Edmonton that I've never been a big conscious rap fan. Okay. Like, I like some rap, some conscious rap, but I've never been like in all my media i i i've never been like the message guy um no <laughs> oh, there's some drill rappers in edmonton but like they're what's that it's like drill music it's it's hyper violent stuff it's like chief Keefe. oh um or like they're they're doing some stuff in london right now it, it, it's taken on different forms but it's it's characterized by a lot of violence and a lot of proximity to street life but like the stuff i've heard coming out of edmonton doesn't feel authentic to me to a certain degree okay like they, they keep talk digging. a lot about shooting and i like you know nobody shoots anybody in edmonton like you stab people here you don't you don't. how are you going to get a gun in edmonton like an illegal i'm sure you can but like sure. those things are precious commodities
0: <laughs> i guess you got to keep digging because as you found out doing this movie it is out there you got yeah right? you
1: just got to like get your little shovel and like start digging
0: let's end it there i think that's a great get your shovel and start digging <laughs>
1: That is my advice for you if you are a new up-and-coming whatever. Yeah. A poet, artist, whatever. <laughs> get your shovel, start digging.
0: I love it, Faisal. This puts you firmly in second place for four appearances on the North Bank Media Woo! Podcast. Thank you, buddy. It's always good to be with you. It's
1: great being with you, man.
0: All righty. Thank you, folks. Thank you for listening to the North Bank Media Podcast. If you enjoy this conversation please subscribe on YouTube and give us a like. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe as well and leave a five-star review.